Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, but no Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Dan Plucker filling in for him today. He'll be back tomorrow on the show And this Brewers game is just so freaking frustrating. This this series so far has been so frustrating. The Brewers have had so many chances to score runs, and they just aren't getting it done. They just aren't getting it done. And and it's a move in in this game so far. We're in the bottom of the fifth inning, and uh, the Braves just took a 3-0 lead on a three-run Jacques Peterson home run. Adrian Hauser has come in. And allowed three runs and now a walk to Freddie Freeman and gotten only one out in the process. Craig Council on the phone uh, with the bullpen manager right now working on uh, getting maybe a new pitcher in the game. 16 pitches, three runs for the Braves with Adrian Hauser in the game. And it's a move that's going to probably be a bit scrutinized by Craig Council today. Um, when Tim Allen joins you after the game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball postgame show. Because in the top of the fifth inning, I mean, Freddie Peralta was cruising in this game. Freddie Peralta was absolutely lights out. Four innings, three hits, five strikeouts, only one walk, 57 pitches for the guy. 57 pitches. It's not like his pitch count was high. He was pitching very well at an elite level, hadn't given up a run yet. But the Brewers are so desperate for runs right now and so desperate for offense that when they get two guys on first and second base in the top of this fifth inning, because Urias was hit by a pitch and then uh, Narvaez doubled. So it was actually second and third, not first and second. My fault. It was second and third, no outs, and you have 8-9-1 coming up. So Council has to start thinking about maybe pulling in a pinch hitter, and and that makes sense. I, I get it. 
I understand it. Kane comes up to the plate. He grounds out, so there's one out. So now it's second and third, one out. You're still in a prime position to bring in some runners in scoring position. And Council goes to Dan Vogelback as the pinch hitter. Lefty on righty matchup. I get it. It's understandable. But a dude that did not start today and a guy that you acquired for these exact situations, Eduardo Escobar, not brought in the game. If I'm going to my bench, I'm going to the top guy on my bench to pinch hit for a guy that is pitching a shutout through four innings. I'm not putting in Dan Vogelback. I'm sorry, I'm not. I put in Eduardo Escobar in that situation. You traded for this dude for these moments, and he's sitting on the bench. That And he's a switch hitter, so it also would have been a lefty-on-righty matchup. Lefty at the plate, righty on the mound. That makes the most sense to me. That I, I would be more okay with. I get pinch hitting in the situation. I, I understand. Because, like I said, the Brewers are so incredibly desperate for offense. The only way that they have scored is a two-run homer in the seventh inning in game one. And since then, they have, had, they have not had a runner across the plate in 14 innings in the playoffs. And if you go to the, sev- the seventh inning of game one, it's 16 innings the Brewers are scoreless in the NLDS. So that's not good. That's that's very, very bad, actually. And when you are in a situation where maybe you can knock in some runs, I'm putting in the guy I have the most confidence in, and that's Eduardo Escobar, not Dan Vogelback. That was a mistake from Craig Council. And Vogelback grounded out to third, and in the process, Urias decided that he was going to try to bolt for home plate with the ball right behind him at third base, and he gets gunned out, thrown into a pickle, and the Brewers are now at first and second because of that situation. Because it's Vogel back at first, Narvaez at second, after Urias gets caught in a pickle. A huge mistake from Luis Urias. And now, after Red Hot, Red Hot Freddy Peralta was in the game, Pitching a strong performance. Adrian Hauser comes in in relief and gives up a three-run homer and three straight hits. Three straight hits and a three-run homer, and the Braves take the lead in the most important game of the year. It's a move that's going to be getting a lot of scrutiny after the game and one that is extremely frustrating for all of the Brewers fans out there because they've been so close They've had so many opportunities in this series already, and each and every time it seems that it gets spoiled. Game two, the eighth and ninth inning, down three to nothing. And have the opportunity, the tying run, standing at home plate. And they just don't get the job done. All season long, we or early in the season, we we saw this offense really struggle. Like just Terrible. And not giving run support for Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta. That all changed when Willie Adamas came to Milwaukee. When Willie Adamas came into Milwaukee, this offense exploded. And it became one of the better offenses in baseball and a high-powered, high-energy offense. And because of that, the Brewers ran away with the division. The Brewers 
were maybe the best team in baseball after acquiring Willie Adamas prior to the last two weeks of the season. But they took their their foot off of the, the pedal a little bit. They did. And and they weren't healthy. Craig Council tried to get them more healthy, but we saw a struggling Brewers team over the last two weeks while some of these other teams were ascending, and the Atlanta Braves were one of those teams, fighting still for a playoff spot, fighting to get to these moments. And part of me is thinking, part of me is wondering if that is why the Brewers' offense is not where they were. Because the Brewers' offense has reverted back to what they were at the beginning of the season, it feels like. A bunch of strikeouts, left and right. Tom Hodricourt said in the second inning, the Brewers had struck out 40% of their times through through the first two games and two innings of this game in Game 3 today. The Brewers had struck out 40% of the time in the playoffs so far in the NLDS. How can you win baseball games striking out 40% of the time? That's almost every other batter going to the plate striking out. You can't win baseball games, let alone a playoff game, in that situation. And they've they've got a little unlucky. I get it. In that last inning, Wong lined one, and it was caught by the first baseman. So he was close. It was close to bringing in maybe a run from Narvaez at second base. But my goodness, the pitching staff has been very good once again for the Milwaukee Brewers. The starters have been excellent so far in this series. They've given up. They gave up four runs in the first two games, seven total. In the first three games so far as we're uh, two and a half games into the NLDS in a best of five series. And if the Brewers aren't careful, if they don't turn things around in this game, this could be the end of the season. You know, we, we've we talked about, you know, the, all these different dudes stepping up at some point. You know, Christian Yelich is going to have his moment. Lorenzo Cain is, is going to have his moment. Avisel Garcia will work himself out of this strikeout stretch that he's going through. Well, this is where we learn about the Milwaukee Brewers, folks. This is the time. It's do or die. Put up or shut up. And right now, they're failing. This off Brewers offense is failing. 414-799-1250. To join me, Dan Plucker here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It's frustrating. After season, seeing a season full of great play, big wins, momentum, energy, all of this stuff, and, and a phenomenal pitching staff, and winning games left and right, plenty of wins throughout the course of the season, we get to the playoffs, and, and you can feel it slipping through your fingers right now. You can feel it. You can feel this season maybe maybe spiraling out of control here for the Milwaukee Brewers. That's where I'm sitting. That's the fear that I have. I had confidence that these dudes would come out and we would see some great offense here, a lot of energy here from this Milwaukee Brewers team in the postseason. And since they clinched, and since they clinched a playoff spot, that hasn't existed. That same energy has not been matched. And, and now they are on the cusp of maybe losing game three and, and potentially 
losing this series. That's my fear. Now, there's five games. I understand. If there's anything that we learned from Milwaukee sports is that you can never count these teams out. And the Brewers have been the perfect example of that all season long. They have been. They, they, they have not stopped fighting. They have not stopped that energy. And they have continued to win games and win in places that they should not. But th- this team just felt different in those moments than it does right now. They feel defeated, it looks like. They have three hits so far through six innings today. They have just over double digits in hits in the entire series. They don't even have 20 hits through 24 innings. You can't win playoff games if you're doing that. You can't. And it looks like the Brewers, if they don't turn things around offensively, could be a team that people were projecting to the World Series at one point when they were at their top moments. When they were hot, we were all sitting here saying, Brewers are going to the World Series. There's nothing to worry about. We're going to get there. All of these things. And they're going to run into the playoffs. You know, who cares that the Cardinals won 17 in a row? Who cares that the Braves are a hot team? doesn't matter that the Dodgers and the Giants won over 100 games because the Brewers are better than those teams since getting Willie Adamas. And we're just chalking that off to the bad offense from the beginning of the season. Well, right now, in my eyes, it looks like that bad offense is back. At least over the first 24 innings of this series, that offense is back. Two runs in 24 innings, striking out 40% of the time. That's pitiful stuff. Pitiful. And now is do or die moment. Now is the time they have to make that change because if they don't, they're going to be eliminated. And this season's going to be over. A promising Brewer season is going to end in the first round of the playoffs. I, I, that, that is my fear. I still have hope. Don't get me wrong. This team has proved so many people wrong in the past. They've won so many games they shouldn't have won. They have the pitching to get this done. But unless this offense can figure things out and figure things out quickly, they got three innings left. They got nine more batters at minimum left in this game. Those nine batters have to do something because in game threes of five-game series where it's tied one-to-one, the winner of that game wins the series 72% of the time over a large sample size, 60-plus series. So this Brewers team has to get it done today. This is it. These are the final moments of the season that we are witnessing right now, or they very well could be. And it would be just devastating if they did not win this series because of the offense. 414-799-1250. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky here on Sparky's Midday Madness. We'll hit a quick break. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur in the show uh, from his post-game press conference yesterday and hopefully some positive updates from this Milwaukee Brewers team next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky here on Sparky's Midday Madness. A green and gold Monday it is, but we're talking about the blue and gold right now with your Milwaukee Brewers trailing 3 to nothing against the Atlanta Braves in game three of the NLDS. And I want to clarify something. I'm not giving up on this Brewers team. Like I said, they very much still have a chance to win this series and this game, let alone the series. There's still three innings left to play. And there are people all over social media freaking out right now that, 
you know, this season's over. Craig Council can't manage in the postseason. And we need to start focusing on next year. And they should have been doing small ball all season long and preparing for moments in games like these. And the offense is atrocious and all of this stuff. Listen, we went through this with the Bucks. We went through the Bucks being down 0-2 to the Nets. We went through the Bucks being down 0-2 to the Phoenix Suns. We went through Giannis getting hurt. Championship seasons have special things happen in them. And the Brewers need one of those special moments. It's frustrating because it, it looks like some of those things from the month of September have crept into the postseason, at least through the first two and a half games here. And... The offense is abysmal right now. That you can complain about. And it's not a switch that can be turned on and off. But special things happen in postseason runs that end in championships. And this Brewers team has done special things all season long. All season long. So am I completely discounting this team? Hell no. Hell no. They very much still have all of the opportunities in the world to get back to what they once were. It's just frustrating. We haven't seen that yet. It's incredibly infuriating that we haven't seen that yet. And because of that council has to sacrifice some things like pulling Freddie Peralta four innings into a start because they have been so futile on offense that they needed to pinch hit for a guy that was pitching really well so they could hopefully scrounge across a couple of runs. That's what the Brewers were trying to do. That's what Craig Council was trying to do. And if Adrian Hauser hadn't come in and given up a three-run homer, nobody would be batting an eye at that decision. Nobody. But because Hauser came in and struggled, that's why everybody's freaking out about this situation. And it's why they're down three to nothing here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Hunter Strickland now on the mound for the crew. Guy on first, one out. I I I get it. I get the frustration, but don't don't pretend like this season is over yet. Even if they do lose today. Statistically, the odds are not high. I understand. The Brewers also have one of the best winning records on the road in all of baseball and could bring this thing back to Milwaukee for a game five where it's going to be ruckus and loud if that does happen. And that's assuming that they lose today. It's only three runs. It's one swing of the bat still that this game is tied or the game has changed significantly. And the Brewers have been getting on base. They just have not turned those situations into runs. If they can start doing that, this game could quickly turn around in three innings. So as much as as frustrated as I am, as much emotion that I let out in the last segment at the Milwaukee Brewers, in no way am I saying that this season is over like some people on social media are right now. So please, please remember what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks and remember that the Brewers still very much have a chance in this game and a chance in this series because they continue to do special things and have done special things throughout the course of the entire season. Sam Schmitz, I want to get your thoughts on this. How are you feeling right now with the Brewers down 3-0 in game three, the offense sputtering as they are? What what are what are your thoughts on all of this? Certainly the Jack Peterson home run is definitely a gut punch, but I will say this is that really the the, the formula for beating the Braves in this series, it's going to be the same as what you saw 
in games one and two, which is get to the Braves bullpen, and that's where you got to do damage. Ian Anderson pitched great today, a lot better than I expected, but hey, I know uh, Jesse Chavez just had a great inning in the top of the six for the Braves, but at the same time, look, in game two, that's where you had your opportunities against mm-hmm. that Braves bullpen. Like you said, you had three or four opportunities in game two with the tying run at the plate, so there is a little bit of hope, but at the same time, when it's, I think it's funny when we see all these reactions on social media, like all of a sudden now we're bringing up uh, Andy Haynes again. Yeah, like, where were like th- that? Where all, was that, that for throughout the whole middle part of this right, season? The second half of the season that just completely went away once Willie Domus joined this team. So I think that's a little funny. But at the same time, too, I'm not too worried because this is uh, Craig Council's offense every year since he took over, which is home run or nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. every team that he's been a part of. It's the same formula every time. So I don't know what people are expecting. I don't know if you want like 11 or 12 hits every game, which just isn't possible in playoff baseball and all that. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not too worried. Yeah, it's frustrating. At the same time, though, this team is resilient. We've seen it multiple times. I will say this, though. Bringing Adrian Hauser out first out of the bullpen today was very surprising. I'm not really a fan of it. Because That's the one move, right, that I think can be criticized in this game so far. I, I would have I would have probably gone Strickland right out, of, right out of the gates there. Right. Well, I was thinking, too, yesterday because they're probably going to start Lauer. I was thinking, okay, cool. Start Lauer, have him pitch maybe four, five innings max, and then you bring mm-hmm. in Hauser first out of the pen to piggyback with uh, with Lauer. Right. So and- that that really surprised me because now I'm not feeling too great about you know game four tomorrow because who knows what it's going to be like right. after Lauer. Well, and if they lose this game, if the Brewers do wind up losing this game down three to nothing right now in the sixth inning, who do you start for game four? Like, do you do you really count on like you were saying, Sam? Do you really count on Eric Lauer in a winner go home game. I, I don't know if that's a situation where I'm comfortable with Eric Lauer. Do you maybe pull a Woodruff instead and have Woodruff start or Burns, I should say, because Burns started game one. Do you do you pull a Burns and pitch Burns instead tomorrow and maybe give him a shorter stint or do what a lot of teams have done and start with an opener and have an opener in and then throw in Burns after that? I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting argument that you can have probably with the day off four days of rest, maybe, maybe Burns starts game four instead if the Brewers do lose. If they win, if things get turned around here in the last couple of moments, maybe, yeah, then you throw out uh, Eric Lauer and then throw Burns in game five back in Milwaukee uh, if they would lose, hypothetically speaking. But where they're at right now is frustrating. I get it. People's emotions are boiling over. They want change and all of this stuff and and Andy Haynes, which is hilarious, like you were saying, Sam, to bring up that argument right now. And and Craig Council can't manage in the postseason. Well, he's been to the NLCS before and has gotten the Brewers to the postseason in the last four years. So I'll, I'll give him uh, a little bit of credit there, too. He he knows how to get there. And not it's not like this huge change happens between a playoff game and a regular season game where Craig Council probably is going to do the same thing that uh, he would normally do. The Brewers get out of it in the sixth inning time for the top of the seventh. Uh, Four-year Milwaukee Brewers against the Atlanta Braves. That comes up after a commercial break from the from the television broadcast. But that that is the one thing, Sam, that we were talking about that can be highly scrutinized by Craig Council there was the decision to bring in uh, Adrian Hauser out of the pen in the fifth inning. A guy that has not pitched in the bullpen for a majority of the season gets thrown in in a huge moment and flops in that huge moment, giving up a three-run homer. 
Well, he pitched in game one, too, first out of the pen. But at the same time, it's like, why go back to that in game three right away when mm-hmm. you could have just paired him with Eric Lauer? Because we know Eric Lauer's been pitching great the second half of the season, but mm-hmm. when he starts giving up runs, it, it's quick. Yeah. So you want to kind of yank him out right away. But I thought, you know, piggybacking him with Adrian Hauser just made too much sense. But now, I really, like you said, I don't know what they're going to do tomorrow. Lauer's going to pitch, but I would probably want to have Burns there, yeah. too. I, you have to. You have to. Corbin Burns has been your best pitcher all season long. He's the NL Cy Young dude. You have to pitch Corbin Burns if the Brewers lose this game tomorrow. Tomorrow has to be Corbin Burns day, and he has to be dominant because this Brewers offense surely is not. They put up two runs now in the first 24 innings, if I'm doing my math correctly. They say never do math on air. Well, I'm doing math on air. In the first 24 innings of this series, two runs, two and it all came on one swing of the bat. It wasn't even in separate innings where these two runs came. Credit to the Brewers, or the Brewers, the Braves starting pitching because it's been dang good. But now that they have gotten to the bullpen for the Braves is when they have to strike in these next couple of innings here. Or else this one's over and we're, we're talking about game four and a winner go home situation for the Milwaukee Brewers. Let's go out to Mike on the south side. He joins me, Dan Plucker, here on Sparky's Midday Madness by dialing up 414-799-1250. Mike, Mike, what's going on? Uh, frustration, the word of the day. I have two people to blame. I blame David Stearns. When he watches the game and you see zero, 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 you're in the sixth inning. You got to get a bat somewhere. They've got and plenty Ryan, of bats I, throughout the I season. I blame Ryan Braun, too. You couldn't give us six, six weeks, Ryan Braun. He's usually hot. Yeah, he, he usually is. Mike, Mike, thanks for the call. Uh, I'm not blaming David Stearns. Yeah. that Not even a little bit. No. Not even... A, a smidgen am I blaming David Stearns. Somebody who got Willie Adamas. He traded for Willie Adamas, which changed the course of this season. Rowdy Telez. And Eduardo Escobar. And Eduardo, yeah. So he saw that this team needed a bat, and he got three of them. So, yeah, that was ridiculous. And also, Ryan Braun hasn't played all season long, and right. to try to throw him in in just the postseason doesn't make a lot of sense either. Well, the deadline was the end of August, and even before that, you – it was the middle of August. You're thinking, well, this isn't going to happen. You would at least need to give him a couple of weeks, if not a month, of at least minor league at bats just to get him back into playoff. You know, just into just be able to take at bats in the major league level again. Yeah. Even though it's, like it's only an been easy a year. thing. Right. Right. So can we just stop with the Ryan Braun stuff, yes, guys? It's, agreed. He retired and he made know. his decision and it's done. There's right. nothing we can do about it anymore. I know it's it's shocking that uh, you don't have the face of the franchise on the team anymore for the first time in. What is it? 15, 16 years? I get it. That's that's different. But let's not pretend like Ryan Braun would make this ultimate difference in his age, what, 39 season with uh, a tired legs and a guy that hadn't played all season long. I don't even know if he would have made a postseason roster with the way Tyrone Taylor was playing either. So, yeah. Uh, so the two things that you can scrutinize in this Brewers game is Dan Vogelback pinch hitting instead of Eduardo Escobar. I truly believe that. And uh, and he's now pinch hitting now, Eduardo Escobar, up at the plate in the top of the seventh inning. But you can surely scrutinize that. Uh, and you can scrutinize um, Adrian Hauser coming in in relief instead of a guy that's been in the bullpen all season long in that fifth inning while he gave up 
the three-run shot. Turn up your radio, turn down your television, and join me, Dan Plucker, here on Sparky's Midday Madness, 414-799-1250 to join me talking about this game as it's going on, doing a little like watch party show type thing because I just had to talk about it. We had we didn't talk about it much on the big show during the show. That's a statewide show, so we were played at different times across different stations across the state, so it was a little bit harder. But now that we actually have the opportunity, break it down with me. Talk with me. 414-799-1250. Again, turn down your TV. Turn up your radio. And I know a lot of people are frustrated right now, so voice your frustration. Super Mario tweets at 1250 AM, the fan at Dan Plucker, P-L-O-C-H-E-R, and says, Council made one of the worst moves I have ever seen. Never chase runs that early in a 0-0 game. Pulling Freddie was a major mistake. Starting pitching is the Brewers' advantage. He took that away with a moronic decision. Now 3-0. Aaron tweets, at Dan Plucker, at 1250, Corbin Burns on short rest for game four. You absolutely have to if they lose this game. Agreed, Aaron. Agreed. They, they have to. Derek tweets in, uh, you can't all of a sudden play small ball when you haven't done it all year. Agreed, Derek. You can't. And a lot of people are saying, oh, they should have been doing small ball. They should have been focusing more on moving runners over and all this baloney. They, that's not this Brewers team's identity. That's not what they're built to do. Wouldn't it be that great if it were that easy? Like, hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, you oh, know- Eduardo Escobar with a double right over the head. It looked like, uh, uh, who's that left fielder? Eddie Rosario. Yeah. It looks like he was going to catch it, but it went right over his head. So uh, Eduardo Escobar leads off the inning with a double. Let's see if the Brewers can bring in that run. A little bit of offense, a little bit of spark. Maybe a guy that should have been hitting earlier in this game uh, when there were guys on second and third base and a pitch hitter was coming in. But that's besides the point. Uh, let's go out to the phones, 414-799-1250. John and Muskego dialed up that number, and he's now on Sparky's Midday Madness with Dan Plucker. John, how you feeling about the game, man? Oh, it's been terrible. I'm watching it on my phone as I'm working here. It's been brutal. Um, you know, I, I like to move with Vogelbach, but to your point, why is Escobar in that, um, in that role? To possibly knock in some runs. Um, I think base running's been terrible. Urias getting cut down at third base. Just brutal. disgusting. And and what I'm really calling about is, I hate to say it, I'm the biggest Yellows fan, but at some point, do we look at two years in a row of just terrible offense, and do we look at trading him in the offseason to try to get any package, any return that we can get? And I hate to say it. I mean, he's one of my favorite brewers, but at this point, um, he's brutal, and they should trade Hater in the offseason to get all they can get for a guy who's going to command a ton of salary. John, thanks for the call. It's an interesting perspective, no doubt. Um, and it's one that it's that's surely not the first time that that has been brought up about trading Christian Yelich. The thing is, Christian Yelich is struggling, yes, but his contract hasn't even hit yet, folks. Like that money starts next year. Am I wrong, Sam? It's next year that that nine mil, that right. nine year, 240 million or whatever it is contract starts. You know what? I wonder what people, I wonder what Dodger fans are saying about Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Who had an even worse season than Yelich did. Even worse. Right. Yes. And yeah, he just came through in the, in the previous game against the Giants. But at the same time, I mean, both of these former MVPs mm-hmm. are just completely struggling. Well, and but at the same time, you don't see the, Do- yeah, the Dodgers are batting him eighth and all that, but you don't see L.A. just completely abandoning mm-hmm. ship with Cody Bellinger. No. Well, and Mookie Betts, the same thing. He didn't have a Mookie Betts-like season either. He, ha- he hasn't been this MVP powerhouse bat in the National League uh, this season either. Uh, but Bellinger was the better comparison, I agree. Christian Yelich, nobody's, first of all, got to give him time. I, I get it. Like It's frustrating. He has those back problems. He's still probably recovering from that knee even a little bit. And it's it's annoying. It's frustrating because we've all seen 
what Christian Yelich can do when he is Christian Yelich. And he's a phenomenal baseball player when he is that. But his confidence level's low, and he's trying to get his feet back under him still. I get it. Two years. But you have to have faith that he can return to that form, or else it's it's going to be a tough nine years of Christian Yelich making a lot of money here in Milwaukee. And no, I can almost guarantee you that nobody is going to take on that contract based on the numbers that he's having right now unless they truly believe that they can turn things around with him. And even if they do think that, I would be stunned if David Stearns would make a move like that because even without his bat, I still feel like Christian Yelich is the heart and soul of this team. I do. It's it's Willie Adamas and Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. Those three dudes are the difference makers, I believe, in the clubhouse and on the field. They go with, the Brewers go with those three dudes. Manny Pena now pinch hitting Eduardo Escobar on second base. Luis Urias grounded out. So one on, one out, top of the seventh inning. We will hit a quick break here. It's Dan Plucker filling in for Sparky here on Sparky's Midday Madness. He'll be back tomorrow. When we come back, we'll uh, hear from Matt LaFleur after the Packers game yesterday. He had a lot of interesting things to say, including what he said to Mason Crosby before he went out to kick that game-winning field goal after missing his previous three kicks and four on the day with the extra point. So you'll hear from him next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Dan Plucker filling in. Yeah, the Packers won. That's great. 25-22 in overtime, but we're worried about the Milwaukee Brewers right now. I'm switching it to a blue and gold Monday. Sorry. Uh, This Milwaukee Brewers team leadoff in the top of the seventh inning is pinch hitter Eduardo Escobar, who doubles, and then Urias grounds out to short, and Manny Pena just popped out to center field. So now it is... Guy on second base, two outs, still down three to nothing in the top of the seventh inning. Turn down your TV, turn up your radio, and talk with me, Dan Plucker, here on Sparky's Midday Madness throughout the game here. Uh, only about 20 minutes left in the show here before we get to Rami Makloff and the Rami show. That comes up next, and I'm sure he'll be doing the same thing leading you up to the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin baseball postgame show with Tim Allen after the game. Let's go out to Skyler on the north side. He joined. He called up 414-799-1250, and he's rewarded with being on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, dude? How you feeling about the game? Oh, man, I, it's all good. I, I'm going to be honest with you, man. We might not – it might not be our year, but I was just I just wanted to tell people that's doing all that talking about Stern. Stern is a hell of a GM. That, that what he did for this franchise – He's a hell of a GM. Constance is a good manager. The thing about it, people just got to relax and understand that the Brewers, the only way we can win a World Series, we got to get like we got to we got to strike we got to be hot at the right the right time. The offense, the pitching, and the offense got to be clicking at the same time. It's mm-hmm. nobody's fault. It's just that we can't compete with the Giants. We can't compete with the Dodgers and all them teams with the big markets because we can't go get the players that they can get. So. You know, for people to sit there and say we need bats, we got we got the bats. They just ain't they just we 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 can't go get the bats that they want that they that the Dodgers and the big market teams can get. We can't go mm-hmm. get those bats. So, so they have to be team. more strategic about it, which is what they have done in bringing in dudes like Willie Adams. And it might not, it just might not happen. But people need to relax and stop trying to blame people. There's nobody to blame, man. We just had to, we just that small market team. We just have to get hot at the right time, and if we're not hot. It's not going to happen. Skyler, thanks for the call. And and that's the thing. The Major League Baseball playoff postseason is so fickle. Like, it, it's crazy how quickly things can turn around. Like, look at the Washington Nationals when they won it a couple years ago. 
They were under 500 at the trade deadline, stormed back, made the playoffs as a wild card, and then won the World Series. Like, that's absurd. That, that, that kind of run that you just go on when you're a red-hot baseball team. And the Braves, credit to them, that's what they were down the stretch here. I guess Atlanta's like maybe a large market team, but they're not anywhere near the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox or the Astros or, or the White Sox or any of these bigger teams. I don't put them in that same uh, pedigree. I don't. I, I look at the Braves maybe a step below that, definitely a step above Milwaukee, but the Braves are doing this too without some of their best players. They're without Mike Soroka, their starter, and they're also without Ronald Acuna, who's one of the best young players in baseball. And they still made the playoffs. They've still been on this great run. Freddie Freeman's still been one of the best players in baseball in the process. And their bullpen, although it's been suspect, right now they're getting the job done. And and in this game, too, top of the seventh, one ball, two strikes to Lorenzo Cain. Guy on second base, Eduardo Escobar. Cain's been fighting this at bat. I love to see it. Fouled off a couple of pitches here. All right, we got to get to Matt LaFleur here. Matt LaFleur, after the game yesterday up in Green Bay, um, he did uh, talk about, you know, uh, let's see. He he was talking about Mason Crosby and the missed field goals, and finally Crosby hits one in the end, and how excited he was, and apologizes to Packer fans for the absolute heartache that he put them through. Here was Matt Lafleur after the game yesterday in Cincinnati. He is one of the best. Is Aaron Rodgers? There was Matt Lafleur after the game talking a little bit about. All of those different things throughout the course of the game. Devontae having a great game. Aaron Rodgers playing well. Mason Crosby hitting those big field goals. And then obviously apologizes to the Packers fans for all of the craziness uh, that went on in yesterday's game. Maybe some heart palpitations going on across the great state of Wisconsin, especially here in Milwaukee, uh, throughout the course of that game. was a wild game. One of the most chaotic football games I've ever watched with all of those missed field goals from both sides. Hey, this segment is sponsored by Tally's Tapping Eatery. Monday special is wings starting at just at $1 plus 350 premium taps. Check them out on Facebook for other menu options. Tally's Tapping Eatery on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. Rami Makloff is here and he'll be on the Sparky's Midday Magnus with us next prepping you for the Rami show coming up in just a couple minutes. It may be a green gold Monday, but... As Dan Plucker fills in for Sparky on Sparky's Midday Madness, I've turned it into a blue and gold Monday, talking pretty much the whole show about your Milwaukee Brewers. End of the seventh inning just happened. The Brewers still down three to nothing. So when I left you, Eduardo Escobar was on second base. Well, the Brewers did not score him, and Lorenzo Cain wound up striking out. And now joining us here right before his own show is Rami Makloff, who will be on with the Rami show in just a couple of minutes here. Rami, how are you feeling about this Brewers team and about this game? Um, I should probably turn your mic on if I'm going to introduce be good. you. I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't have a great feeling about this one. That was What do you think of the decision? We're going to talk about this more on my show. But to pull Peralta there for the, the pinch hitter Vogelbach? I'm fine with the decision. Yeah? I'm upset at who he subbed in and out. It should have been Eduardo Escobar. It should not have been Dan Vogelback. This team is desperate for runs. Eduardo Escobar is the much better hitter, much more experienced hitter, and is much less likely to uh, strike out like Dan Vogelback is. Yeah. I and and I've been very critical of Dan Vogelback over my time here in the last year of Dan Vogelback being still on this Brewers team. I've grown to respect him a lot more. 
But still, it's I'm one taking of the best it. Pinch hitters in the game, dude. I'm taking Eduardo Escobar over Dan Vogelbach ten out of ten times, though, especially in the playoffs. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I and was, then I was wondering about the pitching just in wise. General. Yeah, Adrian Hauser for his first relief stint in how long? In game three of the NLDS, with with it being a tie game, yeah. like that. That's the that those two. I'm fine with the move. The decision made a bunch of sense to me. I would have done the exact same thing, but. I'm puzzled at the people that he put in in that situation. Saying. I hear what you're saying. So we'll talk about that. Some. Do. We will. That's how we started the show, too, because that happened right before we came on air. You know what You know what happened to me? So, what happened uh, to you? I was, I, was, I was trying to, like, not miss a pitch of this game, right? So it was going on while I was working out. So I put it on the phone. I have the YouTube TV. I put it on the phone while mm-hmm. I was working out. You know what I mean? I didn't miss anything. I, even while I was in the shower... Kept it on the phone and turned wow. the Bluetooth speaker on just so I could hear the game nice. while I was in the shower. Nice. Now. So then, at, at one, so then, like from my bedroom to my living room, they like they went to a commercial. I was like, all right, I can turn it off my phone now. I'll just turn on the TV when I get to the living room. By the time I got, I got dressed. I walked to my living room. I turned it on. It was three to nothing. I didn't see the home run. <laughs> I did not see the home run happen live. So it was the was, one thing that you I was missed. like, what the hell? I turned on the TV. I was like, what in the hell? And I was like so diligent about not missing anything in this game, dude. And like from from the, from the getting dressed to walking down the hallway to my living room, I, I somehow missed two guys getting on base in a home run. It doesn't even add up. Like in the time-space continuum, it doesn't add up. I don't even know how this happened, but it happened. So I rewound and watched. Well, what and that's on you now. Yeah, it's that's my fault. Yeah, baseball it's my g- fault now. Baseball God saying, "All right, guys, Rami has his back turned. Go, 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 go." <laughs> <laughs> Do you blame Rami Maclaw for that three run homer? Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty, or tweet the show at twelve fifty a.m. The fan. Hey Dan, I want your thoughts on something. Yeah, um, because I'll give them to you. Tomorrow is Sparky back tomorrow? Yeah. Okay, so I'll get your thoughts on this today, and then because this is going to be our Kim and the Boy Judgment Day tomorrow, Sam. This is going to okay. be our Kim and the Boy Judgment Day tomorrow. Okay. And like, okay, Bucks are about to start their season. Brewers in the playoffs. Packers are four and one. Blah blah blah. Four and two. Whatever. Whatever their record They're is. Four and I don't one. care. I don't care. Um, I got important stuff to ask you. Okay. Uh, w- w- how do you like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, Dan Pluck? Your, your, your PB to J ratio. Ooh. This came up on Sunday Night Football last night because some of the Bills players were complaining. I saw did that. not like their PB and J. They said it wasn't enough jelly. It was like a 70-30 PB to J ratio. Okay. So I'm, how do you like it? I'm a big, like, 40 jelly, 60 peanut butter 40 guy. 40 jelly. See, yeah. for, for me, I was thinking 30 is too much jelly. See, 30 is yeah, too much 30 jelly. 30 is too much jelly. Okay. I'm going like 10 or 20. Yeah, the, see, the, that's that's the, what my wife is like, too. She's like a 90-10. The jelly is just supposed to be a sweet accent to the saltiness of, of the, the peanut, peanut butter. butter. Right. It's not okay. supposed to be like... It's not supposed to... A peanut butter and jelly sandwich is not like a sweet treat. You know what I mean? It's just supposed to have that little... You know what I mean? That little accent of sweetness. Mm-hmm. That's that's all it's supposed to add. I, 30% is plenty. Plenty, right? Plenty. Oh. That's a lot. That's a lot of jelly. I, dude. I, I like it a little closer to even. I'm, I know. I know. Some people really? are like peanut butter crazies, jelly, and they just dude. put a bunch it's of peanut butter. It's a lot of sugar, dude. It's a lot of PB and J's are good for you, though. Actually, yeah, I know. But I, I think I would think the worst part about it is the sugar, and you're just and, you know, slapping fruit, that on right? there. Just... Fruit's good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Some tells me you're not buying the organic so, okay, jelly. Okay, question. Some question. tells me you're not going to Trader Joe's oh, no. to get the organic jelly. Definitely not. No, no, exactly. no, no. The right. like no, eighty-five cent jars at Walmart more like fruit, is in my. You're eating fruit-flavored sugar. Yeah, right? pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the so, you're eating so a big question to go in with this yes. PB and J discussion yeah. is: uh, crunchy or creamy? Oh, crunchy. 
Oh, 10 times out of 10. Creamy. What? I'm a creamy guy. What? Sam, creamy crunchy or creamy? I'm either or, but I prefer crunchy. Thank you. Yeah. No. Because, like, if you're just eating a peanut butter jelly sandwich and it's just, you know, just smooth peanut butter, it's like, what are you eating? There's no texture to it. Right. There's it doesn't no need text- texture. It's the flavor. No, it's about the flavor. It's like, probably why texture. I like more jelly in there, too. It's like eating a ham and cheese sandwich, but without, like, any lettuce or, like, tomato right. or anything. It's just crunch. like you're just. I like a little crunch when I bite right. into it. That's a how we eat my sandwiches, too. So. You know what, also, you can use to provide a little crunch on your sandwich, guys? Chips. Chips. Ah, oh, see. buddy. I put some barbecue chips on my sandwich right before I came. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's it's how you uh, that's a whole win another game dimension. Of life. That's a yeah. whole other dimension of sandwich oh, right there. Definitely. That's what that is. This is really helping my brewer's pain right now. <laughs> it's uh, making me even more hungry because I haven't eaten anything today. So <laughs> I ate right before I came here. So I'm, I'm very good. jealous. I'm going to be stopping somewhere on the way home probably. Probably Wendy's actually mm. to go and uh, get some food. Good so plug. Yeah. And then maybe I'll wash it down with some Bofording that I have at home. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a good time. All right, Rami, what else is coming up on your show Coming up on the show today, obviously, uh, we'll talk about this uh, Brewers game as it's going on. We will uh, talk about last night's Packers game because, you know, it's uh, Green and Gold Monday here on the the fan. And uh, I think, have we confirmed Gary? Gary Ellison's good for 345, right? Stay tuned. But we probably won't even get to him. With yeah, the Spur game. True. Yeah, we might not. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. That's the perfect thing to do. Just don't even. So, so you already have Gary kind of upset with you. Just don't even tell him that you're not going to have him on the show and just leave him in limbo waiting for a call just so he can spite you back. Right. And oh, then you do, that. you do like the reverse spite by not even telling him he won't be on the show and that the post game show. No, right if, we, if we get done before 345, I'll shoot Gary a text and say. Not That's gonna, good of you. Not going to be needing you today, dude. But thank you, and I love you. I heard Gary was mad at me last week. Uh, he wasn't thrilled with you. I'll I mean, put it that way. I feel like I was taken out of context. <laughs> you feel like you were taken out like of context I, I like when you context. were asked directly <laughs> if right. you would wear a Gary Ellerson jersey, and I, you said no. I here's what I said. All right? <laughs> here's what I said. I said there's one pack as a as a Bears fan. It's a victory Monday. Thank you. As as a Bears fan, there's only one Packers jersey I would ever wear, and only one day I would ever wear it, and that's Leroy Butler when he goes into Canton. I will I will don that jersey proudly and make the trip to Canton to watch my guy get inducted into into the Hall of Fame. Right? Mm-hmm. I would gladly wear a Gary Ellerson jersey if he was going into Canton. I love Gary. Does this help? Oh, that's such a slap in the face. I love Gary. Is he going into? It's one occasion. It's one. It's one like monumental, singular occasion in this man's life and achievements. It's the only reason I'd wear that jersey. That's the only reason I'd wear that jersey. Hey, there you go, Bruce. Hey, we should just keep talking, Rami, because good things are happening in this Brewer game while we're talking. This is only strengthening the notion that when I turn my back, bad things happen. All right, so. I think it's disrespectful. Yeah, I also think Gary. it's disrespectful I, to Gary. How? How? You support your friends, man. I, yeah. Even if you're a Bear fan. I won't like, yeah. put on a Leroy Butler jersey except for that one day. See, what about a Gary Ellison Badger jersey? Would you wear that? What's the occasion? Is he going, oh is he going into it's, the- There's no occasion. The occasion <laughs> is- the occasion's friendship, Rami. <laughs> going into the into the like let's no say, let's Badger say Hall of Fame. They're, they're honoring the 1942 Wisconsin Badgers team that Gary was definitely a part of, <laughs> and you <laughs> and uh, you oh the oh, Brewers no. just grounded into a double play. God. Christian Yelich, middle of the eighth inning. We are oh. uh, Brewers still down three to nothing. That was brutal. Three more outs. That was brutal. Three, three more outs. Uh, 
All right. Dude, what so what is happening? With uh, it's this just offense? a collapse of the offense right now. Every time they have a situation to to put some runs on the board, they fail. Um, so anyway, oh. 1942 team is uh-huh. being honored at uh-huh. Camp Randall Stadium. Yes. And Gary and Ellerson is one of the honorees. And Gary Ellerson is one of the honorees because he definitely played for that 1942 team. Would you wear a Wisconsin Badgers Gary Ellerson jersey to that and game? I'm, and I'm invited like to the ceremony as, yeah. a, as a guest of Gary Ellerson? Yeah, yes. as a guest of honor. Yes, I would. But I also, I don't have anything against the Badgers. Like, that's the thing. Like, well, you so just hate college be. football in general, though. Right. right. I don't care about So, okay, football. let's say the 1983, 40 years later, Wisconsin <laughs> ba- or Green Bay Packers team is being honored for their, what was it, six and six <laughs> and say, nine they do that season? I try to pull up the record from that year. <laughs> and, and Gary Ellerson is being honored as one of the players there. But, but on the field, they're doing the whole shindig. If, and if Gary invites you as a guest of honor, if Gary oh. is being honored for his time and achievements as a Green Bay Packer, and there's a ceremony wherein he is being honored, and I am invited as a guest of said ceremony of Gary Ellerson's, I'll put on that 42. I'll put on that 42. This is just so disrespectful. I agree. <laughs> the fact that you would only uh, wear Only it. in these specific situations would you ever wear the jersey. See, I'm a Lions fan, Rami. I, I'm also on that, like, Gur Green Bay Packers line that uh-huh. you are, but also have to kind of root for them because we work in Milwaukee sports, and it's, like, kind of part of our job to pay attention to that this team almost sure. as much as we do our own teams. Yeah. But – if not more, actually, I pay way more attention yeah, to the Packers than I do the Lions, and you probably do the same mm-hmm. thing for the Bears. But, like, I would still wear both of those guys' jerseys. It could be a random Tuesday, and Gary could be but like, I mean, here's a Gary Ellerson jersey. You, I'd be like, dope. As, Thank as, you. As a Lions fan, you have no pride. <laughs> I have a few things to hang my hat on, dude. You know what I mean? I've been like, murdered. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, is I think the the random jerseys that many people you know don't ever see are the best. Yeah, yeah. So I I would encourage. How any stylish Packers, would you be, Rob? I would encourage walking into the club wearing a Gary Ellerson jersey. All the girls will be asking for what's going on with that. I would encourage any Packers fan out there to sport a Gary Ellerson throwback, dude. Y'all should y'all should support GE. Y'all should. Do yeah, that. you should too. Rami. You should too, Rami. <laughs> As somebody who you worked with for how long? By the 14 way, years? By the way, 15 I, years? I was given a Leroy Butler jersey by Leroy Butler. Did I get a Gary Ellerson jersey from Gary Ellerson? No. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. That didn't so happen. you were given a you, so you have a Leroy, have Butler, Leroy Butler jersey. It's folded up in my closet waiting for Canton. It's waiting for Canton, dude. It wouldn't have taken me that long. It would be on my back already, probably today as I, I stood in here. Yeah, it's autographed. It's autographed, too, yeah, on he, top of he it. He gave it to me at my uh, the Going Away Roast when I left for Minneapolis yeah, a few So you didn't, ago. like... Frame it, you know, future Hall of Famers jersey that you could have hanging up in your house. It's autographed. I want to wear it for Canton, and then it's going in a frame and going up in my house. And you know what? You know what? I had pictures of Gary Ellerson hanging in my place in Minneapolis. That's different. You know that picture of Gary jumping over the pile for a touchdown? I do. Yeah, I have that. I have that hanging in my apartment. Yeah, so don't tell me. Wearing love or appreciate absolute honor. Gary Ellerson, your bachelor pad house, right next to Walter Payton. It hangs next to Walter Payton, dude. All right. There's not. There's hardly a higher honor. Okay. That's your way of appreciating him. Is yes. Putting him in something yeah. that he next to something that he'll probably never even see in his life. Every day, I look. I look up and I'm like, "What's up, GE? 
Every day. I don't you talk really, to your no, signed I photos. I don't really do that. That'd be Robbie, weird. I wouldn't expect anything less from a bear were. fan. That'd be weird. But I, have, I got I got Packers hanging on my wall, dude. I got Packers, not like actual Packers. I have, I have pictures of Packers hanging on my wall, dude. What more do you want from a Bears fan? Come on. Come oh, on. Oh, my goodness. Seriously, people. And can't we all just unite over, like, claws up or whatever we're doing here in Milwaukee? Yeah, Sam just gave us the claws up. Can't we just unite over that? Do we have to be divided today? Can't we all get along? Well, the thing is, we are kind of divided today because the Brewers aren't winning. If they were winning, we wouldn't even be talking about Oh, so you're just taking stuff right. out on me. No, that's your definitely brewery, not what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just telling you that maybe you should be a little bit more concerned about this whole Gary Ellerson situation Gary for the rest of your Gary show. Gary Ellerson is one of my favorite people. In the what world. time is he supposed to join you? Like 30 minutes from right now? 3.45. But this All right, game, good luck for this you. This game will probably be over by then. Uh, good luck. Well, actually, I, now, just to spite you, Rami, I hope <laughs> that the Brewers score exactly three runs Here's and this thing, thing goes like 18. Here's the great thing. I know Gary is watching or listening to this game right now, so he is not hearing any of this. That's the best part about this. Because <laughs> I don't feel like I'm doing myself any favors. You're definitely not. <laughs> Saved by the bell is Robbie Makloff. He More of him next here. It's Dan Plucker. Thanks for everything today. Been great talking with you throughout the course of the show. If you like what you hear, at Dan Plucker on Twitter, that's P-L-O-C-H-E-R. More of Robbie Makloff next on The Rami Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 